I've been nuts like getting money, I'm on my suck again. Tryna stack a little dub, tryna catch a win. And next time I drop a coupe, it's gonna be a twin turbo. Always been a G, but I ain't never been a herb though. Way I'm switching lanes, it should call a nigga Swervo. <laughs> Honestly, when's the last time you ever see someone do cocaine and be like, that was a bad experience? Yeah, would not recommend well, yeah, yeah. me, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> many a times. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And that's how we started the episode. Yeah, yeah. Not fat. really. <laughs> that means fat ass pussy. No, that means uh, no fat. It's a sound that you make when you masturbate. <laughs> Like fat, fat, fat. <laughs> oh my god, it's so funny because that happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, it's like an internet thing where it's like, uh, no fap is like this this thing. Like a bunch of guys on Reddit uh, just yeah. started, I guess, where like they found out there were some advantages to not jerking off. Um, really? Yeah. Like it's, what? It's just really if you go on Maybe the just to not jerking off. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pros yeah. and cons. Is just Right, right. <laughs> oh, dude, no, dude. There's, it's really, it's actually kind of, uh, it's kind of pathetic. Like, it's just like a bunch of guys on there. It's like retain your cum, bro. You know, like the power as a man is in your seed. You know, <laughs> you know. Okay, got it. I but, even went on pulling up yesterday and I turned it off. Yeah, yeah. no, seriously. They'll, yeah. They'll, they'll, test what, what I get upset with is they'll get <laughs> so. It'll be like a 16 year old kid and he's like so mad at himself yeah. for jerking off. <laughs> It's like, dude, you're 16. You're supposed to trust me. I didn't jerk off when I was 16. I'm fucked up, you know. Like, like that's you're supposed to. You're good. Like, dude, they'll go out there. People like you didn't jerk off when you were 16. No, I didn't. I didn't jerk off the first time till uh, uh, Christmas break senior year. Wow. Yeah, because I was. I was laughing. (laughs) Marriage. (laughs) Weirdly specific time frame where we're typically with your family in a in a Christmas. You don't forget the first time. Right. You don't exactly. That's what it is. Well, because it was like. it was like, because uh, I was raised super Christian, yeah. you know? And so I was taught that, like, having, like, I remember, like, I was, like, 10 years old, and I, I told my mom, I was like, Mom, I've been having a lot of erections, mm-hmm. you know? And she's like, why? And I was like, because I'm thinking about girls. She's like, you can't Wait, do how that. how old were you this happened? Like, like 10? 10? Yeah, yeah. Like, fifth grade. And uh, she's like, you can't do that. That's a sin. You can go to hell for that. So just, like, whenever you get hard, think about, like, baseball or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Fast forward full circle. That is <laughs> <laughs> Now we're trying to think yeah, about baseball yeah, yeah. so we can last longer. Yeah, yeah. Right. mom was right. <laughs> mom, mom was right. I mean, yeah, yeah. you know, but uh, no, but so I, I just waited and I thought it was like a sin to masturbate. Yeah. You know, so like until like around like uh, junior year, like around winter time up north, I had like a crisis of faith. But then I like kept the faith, and then senior year I had like a crisis of faith again, and then I was like. Like, my whole thing was, like, dude, if I'm not going to be a Christian, I'm going to do drugs, and I'm going to have sex. Like, that was, if there's no God, I'm I'm definitely, I'm going all in. You know, like, I didn't even understand how, like, normal people would just be, like, like, they didn't believe in God, but they would just just smoke weed. You know what I mean? I didn't understand why they weren't doing cocaine and heroin. Like, I didn't understand why people didn't push it to the limits, you know? So, Chris, I'm, well, you're like me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking get in the kitchen or get the fuck out. Right, guy. right. You know, like, it, yeah. If I'm gonna have a cheat meal, it's like 10,000 calories. Right, you know? yeah. You know? Not trying to. You know, chill. Yeah, 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 yeah. no. I wanna just smoke yeah. weed. I wanna do hard drugs. <laughs> yeah, I wanna do hard drugs, you know? <laughs> like, I saw Requiem for a Dream and I'm like, I wanna do that, you know? Like, that looks like a fun life all experience. Right. We'll get in the episode, but Let's I wanna bring back this. that first time you busted it. We're keeping all of that. <laughs> Hey guys, welcome back to the Millennial Mentality Podcast. I am your host, Nick Agnelli, here with my co-host, Peter Price. And our guest today, Danny Fallon. Yes, Danny, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I'm super pumped for this, guys. 
and Danny's going to make us laugh and cry and just no go pressure. go through all the emotions. Yeah. Right? Um, that's the worst thing of all time. Like, I feel like people go up to comedians and be like, say a joke. You know, oh, like, it's the worst. Um, but, uh, guys, thank you for watching, listening, viewing, and subscribing. Uh, your support means the world to us. We only say the cost of the show is just to tell a friend or family member, coworker, anyone you know. If you get anything, buy it, a laugh, a cry. Words of wisdom, anything like that, just just uh, please forward that off to the people you know. That's how we're trying to grow organically and be a local a business and, and try to influence more people in a positive way. So that is our one ask of you guys. Um, we're going to run through a few quick things to catch uh, you guys up, and then uh, we're going to go to Danny. So um, we had recently gone on a podcast called the MSCS Podcast, um, and we, we are recording Tuesday, and that comes out this Friday. Um, where, you know, Pete and I, with, with having guests on, we typically talk about the guests in their lives and their come up. And uh, for that one, we were the guests on this podcast, and we were kind of able to dive into our lives and, and how we got to the point where we are on kind of a deeper level. You know, we touch on it throughout these episodes, but it's really a full circle type thing. And, and uh, Tommy, thank you to you for having us on. Uh, that was really great. And, uh, yeah, guys, so check that out. He's on Spotify. He's a Spotify-exclusive podcast, and uh, he also uh, uploads to YouTube. So thank you for that. Yeah. Um, I also want to say, guys, that you know, if you have been following for a while, you know that I did 75 hard at the beginning of this year, and it really changed my life, and it changed some of the lives of the people around me. And Pete did his version of 75 soft. Um, and when I finished, uh, Pete said that he really wanted to do 75 hard, and that um, and that he's going to be taking it on soon. And I told him that I'll do it again with him. So, yeah. uh, starting July 26th, it's basically right when I get back from my wedding. Uh, we're jumping on 75 hard. And for me, it's going to be a little different because I have two weddings to go to during those 75 days. I have my birthday right in the middle, so there's a shit ton of excuses and curveballs. Um, there's going to be days full of flying. I'm going to have to work out twice and drink a gallon of water and all that shit. Um, but Damn, I'm you're doing that. two weddings during that 75? Yeah, fucking, yeah. Um, so it's going to be a lot, but it's going to be fun. So yeah. if you guys want to join, guys, we encourage you guys to, uh, if you're in a shitty place or feel bad in life, make a change. And if you want to do that with us, we'll be here. Or even if you're in a great place in life and... Want to push? You it. can get more out of Correct. it. Correct. Yeah, I think mm. it's for everyone. Um, so, last thing is, guys, I did go to New Orleans this weekend for my bachelor party, and uh, it was a fucking. New Orleans is a dump. It's a literal dump. Uh, <laughs> Have you ever been like, there? Uh, no. It, it, well, it, you, it, the streets literally smell like shit. Um, <laughs> and uh, but I just love it. I have this love for New Orleans. Um, that wasn't your first time going. Right? It was my third. No, I went for my brother-in-law's bachelor party. I went for my twenty-first birthday, and then I went uh, this time. It's and, funny uh, that you like intro it the way that you intro it, and then you like keep going back though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I do. Well, it's, it's a complete dump. Yeah, it yeah. smells like shit. I can't get enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a lot. Um, and uh, no it was a a great time you know those experiences I had I had a little bit of a social anxiety going into it because I didn't drink for three months and now I'm the bat you know the bachelor of the bachelor party and uh, and it was really kind of scary to me I didn't know how I was going to handle it react to it and and all this stuff or if I drank was I not going to get drunk or was I going to drink too much all that shit and and it really went as perfect as planned Uh, to the the guys that helped plan that and do that with me um, Pete has been dealing with some health stuff, so he stayed home. Yeah. Um, but I know he wish he w- he could have been there, and it was a blast. Um, so go to New Orleans. Uh, you'll be weirdly surprised about how much you love it. <laughs> <laughs> so to Danny, um, Danny, I'm so interested to kind of hear the full scope of your story. Um, right now you are a comedian. Yeah. Um, 
and uh, you've been doing that for some time. Uh-huh. Um, you are from South Florida. I'm not. You're not. I'm not. That was a trick question. Where are you from? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Great save. Yeah. Uh, I'm from Indiana. I grew okay. up, I, I was born in Chicago, but I grew up in Indiana. Okay. Yeah. You kind of look like a, like a, this is a combo, like an Indiana guy. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll take it. Yeah. Like Tom Petty? Like, like Tom like, Petty like, vibes? Like, yeah, like a Midwest. Yeah. yeah. Tom Petty is. <laughs> um, Last Dance with Mary Jane? Yeah, no. Yeah, we're <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a great movie. <laughs> That's a great movie, right? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's a singer, Tom Petty? Uh, yeah. Oh, did you know that? I don't think you did. He died that. recently? Uh, you, you know him. Yeah, R.I.P. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I like it. Um, I like this vibe. So, Danny, along with being a comedian, you are a uh, uh, paintball player professionally. That's uh, Well, D2. Well, we'll say professional. Well, okay, okay. <laughs> well, Pete, Pete knows yeah. well enough to yeah, know that. Yeah, there's a little bit of a difference, but. It's semi-semi-pro. Yeah. Yeah, okay. If someone's in, like, like single like, A MLB, they're going to say, I'm in the league, you know? Well, but you'd probably get called out. Right. But well, anyone in the MLB would be like, well, no, he's not. Well, if I'm, like, you at a bar and a girl comes up to me and she's like, what do you do? I'm saying professional paintball player. Yeah, that always gets their panties wet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you, the times that I've gotten laid off being a semi-semi-pro professional paintball player. <laughs> See how fast these fingers go. Yeah. <laughs> these aren't just for the trigger, babe. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Nice. <laughs> okay, and that's a passion, hobby. What is that like for you? Oh, that's, uh, well, I would say it's a passion. It's not It's not just a hobby because there's a lot of work. It's, um, you know, as Pete knows, it's, it's a lot of the things that I like in life don't <sighs> – just don't pay a lot, yeah. you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, so it's like I'm really good at thi- I'm really good at things that yeah. like you can't make a lot of money off yeah, of, yeah, yeah. unless maybe you get really lucky. Yeah. Like at least with the comedy, it's like you, there's people. There's you yeah, know there's yeah. people like Bill Burr, Dave Chappelle. Yeah. Like they have made a living. Louis C.K. You know, but like paintball, the 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 top of the cream to the cream delay is like maybe what 100k a yeah, year, yeah, yeah. and then until your body, you know. Yeah breaks down and that's like so, a relatively new thing too for right. a long time paintball was like almost unpaid yeah. right entire. right and at this point in my life it's weird because like i'm 29 i've been playing again competitively for like five years and it's like this thing with myself where i'm like i don't really know if i'll go pro like i don't know if that's even something i really care about anymore sure. just because i have the comedy thing and i feel like that's like that's like my vocation and my profession mm-hmm. you know so it's like paintball is just like something that i'm I'm very passionate about, and I love, like, being able to compete, you know, just because that pushes you and uh, the friends and the traveling and just playing the game itself. Like, I love the game, you know. But as far as, like, making it pro, I don't really really have any – it doesn't draw me like that anymore, you know. That's not your why. Yeah, yeah. Like, my thing is just to play – at the most competitive level I can and and hopefully do do well, you know, and uh, enjoy myself, you know. As long as I can afford it. It's a it. fun sport, man. Yeah. Um, all right, so, you know, you are a comedian, and, and we're definitely going to keep a lot of this episode light, but I do want to get into one part of your past, which mm-hmm. was, you know, dealing with mental health and, mm-hmm. uh, and addiction. Right. Um, now, I'm assuming, was the mental health before the addiction? I would say so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And when we talk mental health, what are we talking about specifically? Um, I would say... Uh, I struggled with OCD a lot. And, uh, you know, being raised religious, like, uh, I developed, like, this weird thing. Like, we were talking about earlier with the the erections thing. You know, like, uh, my mom told me that having erections was a sin. And so uh, I started, like, 
like if, if I lusted, like I would feel bad about it. So then I would like have to pray to ask for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. But then like I developed this like hyper anxious kind of mentality about life and like uh, sinning and mm-hmm. like being worried that I was sinning. So I would always have like these prayers, but then it became like compulsive, you know, mm-hmm. it would be like, um, you know, like sinning would give me so much anxiety. So then I would pray to ask for forgiveness because you're constantly sinning, you know, yeah. if you prescribe to that. You know, that Especially notion. Especially if you're auditing your thoughts, not right. just your actions. Exactly. Your thoughts is tough. That's what's so crazy about it all because, like, in, in the Bible it says, like, you know, Jesus says something basically along the lines of, like, well, if you think it, it's just as bad as if you did it. Mm-hmm. So then I'm like, well, fuck. And so I'm then... I'm a bad guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, because then you're like, okay, well, what if I, you know, what if I think about killing someone? That's just as bad as me killing someone. So, like, started having, like, intrusive thoughts. That's a big part of OCD because, like, you're constantly worried. You're like... Well, for me, it's like, okay, if thinking it is just as bad, well, what if, what if I accidentally think about hurting a baby? You know, yeah. I don't want to hurt a baby, but what if I accidentally have that thought? So now I'm thinking about not thinking about hurting a baby just to make sure that I'm not thinking about hurting a baby, if yeah. that makes sense. And yeah. then that's just going on and on in your head. And um, so it's just like tons of, of anxiety with that, all sorts of weird things. Like I was worried that I would be possessed by the devil. Like I would accidentally ask to be possessed by the devil, and then that would happen. So I would be like, I would be like, and then I would say it in my head, but then as you're saying the things, like for instance, I might say, you know, Satan, no enter, you know, and then as I'm saying that, I'm afraid that I might've accidentally said it wrong. And then I said that I wanted Satan to enter me. And then, so then I would start talking out loud to myself. And then I was like in school, like freshman year. And so then I would like cover my mouth like this and I'd be like mumbling to myself. Super shameful, super, super like, oh, God. Because it's already it already sucks to be a freshman. Sure. You know, it already sucks to be in high school. You're already so self-conscious. And then you have, like, this shit that's going on, and you don't know how to talk to anyone about it because you think you're just, like, an insane person, you know? Mm. So I struggle with that. And I would say I, I definitely struggled with, like, depression throughout my life. Um, you know, just being very, like, existential and, like, thinking about, like, the nature of life and everything. Like, I always was kind of just, like, a deep person. So I felt things very deeply and... uh like, I would just, like, reason my way into, like, well, it doesn't, it doesn't matter, you know? And uh, found myself in, like, different rabbit holes. So, um, so yeah, so... I feel like those are two perfectly opposite, in, in a hard way, uh, type of mental issues because you either are, with depression, I don't give a fuck about anything in the world, or with the OCD, you literally give a fuck about everything. Right, you know? right, right. So those are two polar opposites, and I, if I were to guess, you would probably were one or the other. You know? Right. You know, and it was either like, I'm, I'm hypersensitive to everything, or literally, you could tell me my dog just died, I'm going to be like, all right, whatever, sick. Um, right. <laughs> so uh, that, it, it, it makes total sense to me, and it, and it was probably an internal battle most of your entire fucking life, if right. not still. Right, right. Um, on a little bit of a dark humor note, imagine being in ninth grade and having the guy next to you put his shirt over <laughs> and say, devil, no entry. I'm getting, I, in this day and age, yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah, that's school shooter vibes. That's school shooter vibes for yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, no penis, no. Luckily, I was probably because. I'm not fucking. Luckily, I'd rather kill myself than anyone else. So you know, that's the thing. A school shooter, I'd just be. Uh, I shot myself. It's cool. You know. <laughs> I have no desire to to kill anyone else. You know, just just want to go on record and state that. You know. <laughs> I don't know whether to laugh right now, but it's kind of funny. That's how a lot of people feel, you know, sometimes. Humor, <laughs> See, I'm a dark humor guy, though. Right, you know? right. And, and I think the 
and, and it's a question I'm going to get to, and we can get to it now. You know, with comedy, it's such a hard thing these days because mm-hmm. with this, in my opinion, sensitive-ass society, it's like you can't say nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, really, the intention of a joke is to make fun of something, dude. You right, know? right. So, and, and then all these... These sensitive groups, in my opinion, someone's always getting their feelings hurt. You can right. be talking about an Asian, a trans, uh, uh, a white guy, a white girl, Jew. anything, a Jew, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the shirt in the class. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't hate Jews. Yeah. I do not hate Jews. I do not hate Jews. <laughs> Shalom, 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 shalom. Luck, luckily, my anti-Semitism was later in life. Uh, no. <laughs> oh my god! Oh man! But um, no, it, it's getting really hard, in my opinion, to be a comic uh, because, um, like I said, there's there's people in Cancel every culture thriving. It, it yeah. is, and, but I do feel, in my opinion, over the past six months, it really has lost steam because they found out that if you cancel someone every fucking day, then it's going to kind of become right. Worse. It's mm. And I find that the people who get quote unquote canceled and they kind of just are like, hey, it's who the fuck I am? Um, right. It, it it dies in at least yeah, twenty four sure. hours. You know, mm-hmm. like with this Will Smith shit, um, smacking a comedian and Chris Rock. Uh, it was like, I feel like Will Smith has been like a shady dude. His his wife is fucking other dudes like openly. Like, it's just like a weird situation. So like he's unauthentic to some point. Obviously he's at some point because he went on fucking national TV and slapped a dude. So right, right. Um, I feel like for the people who are truly authentic in themselves, you know, they're really uncancelable because if you are who you are and you already have that audience, they're gonna understand. Right. So, yeah. Well, I guess that, that's a good point for people who already have like the following or the audience. They can hope that their following like stays. But do you like deal with that at all, or like worry about being canceled at all? Or someone that's like actively trying to like build your following and audience? Yeah. I mean, I always like think about it and 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 worry about it just because. Like there's certain places that I work with too, like like clubs that are like um, a little bit more sensitive, and like you know, like there's a club that I work with that's like an LGBTQ safe space. So it's like, I mean, obviously there's no hate in my heart, but at the same time, like I say, I say a lot of things with the intention of making people laugh. You yeah. know what I mean? And sometimes I don't. You know, sometimes I go crazy. Like sometimes yeah. I go off. You know, whatever. And and even sometimes like uh, like there's a joke that I've been doing recently, and um, you know, the punchline is anti-Semitic, mm-hmm. but it's not. I don't mean that. It's just yeah, sure. it's just the rule of threes. It's just like, do, do, do. There's the there's the trap door. And then it's like, and it's like, it's a good joke and it makes people laugh because it's so, you it, because, yeah. because of the cancel culture, because we're so pent up, it's so like, oh my God, he just said that. Like, yeah, and, yeah. and because of that, it works so well, but I'm like worried to post it online, even though on one level it could be really good. Mm-hmm. And on the other level, it's like, oh, career's already over you know what i mean yeah where do you draw that line and 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 also it's like another thing too is like when you're making jokes nowadays too it's like you're like oh well people might like that for the wrong reason you know mm-hmm. like they might actually hate jews you yeah, know what yeah, i mean and so then now i'm like performing at like white white lives matter <laughs> rallies or something like yeah. i don't know now i'm like a, a clan member or something right. like all my audience comes with you know hoods on and shit like it's like a weird thing because like some people don't understand it's just satire you know like yeah, it's right. just mm-hmm. ironic so it's a it's a it's a weird line but what i have realized is like doing it live is so much different mm-hmm. because like I don't know. There's just like 
things are taken out of context when you look at it online. When you're when you're in the room with a comedian and you can feel the vibe, you can feel how they've been doing, like you understand their voice and kind of like their point of view. So it's it's a lot easier to get away with things in person than like online, you know? Yeah, sure. And you can um, sort of like read the room when you're right, in a room right, full of people and right. you put it online, it's like right. you're blasting it to everyone. Yeah. I just don't know. So my question to you would be, if social media wasn't a thing and this was 30 years ago, would you say a shit ton more jokes? Um, Probably not. I mean, just from my perspective, I feel like for the most part, I'm really only, I really am saying anything that I could think of that I think is funny. Like, I don't really, I'm not so, like, controversial that I'm, like, worried. Like, I don't, I don't have, like, material about trans people, so it's not like, it's not like I have, like, 15 minutes on trans people that I'm, like, afraid to say. I just, (laughs) I don't have that material. I'm not thinking about that. It's not, I mean, I am thinking about it. I think we all are, but, you know. (laughs) I mean, Late night of the soul, you know, you're up at 2 a.m. Could I do it? I'm not sure, you know. Uh, How long are you usually going up for? Uh, I would say at this at this point, the average is like um, probably 10 minutes, mm-hmm. depending on like if it's a show, I usually am given like 10 or 15 minutes at this point. Mm-hmm. If it's an open mic, open mics are five minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, every once in a while, you know, I'll get booked for, like, a feature or, like, I'll get to headline. I'll do, you know, like, 20 minutes. The, the longest set I've ever done is 52 minutes. Mm-hmm. I did that, like, not this Saturday but the Saturday before. How'd you it know, go? It was great. Yeah. It was at a rehab. So, Sick. you know, I booked the show, so I booked myself to headline. Because <laughs> um, that's, that's how you got to do that sometimes. <laughs> Danny, I love it. I mean, there's a lot of probably dark humor jokes you can use in rehab. Oh, yeah. yeah. Big time. Yeah. Big time. Um, well, <laughs> Fuck yeah, that. Um, so the last thing I want to talk about on mental health is, right, you know, how did you get out of that space? Are you still fighting with that space? Drugs. Okay. Um, that's <laughs> no. a good leapfrog. Um, no, but I really think that uh, people will say this. People will say, like, drugs saved my life. And uh, I really feel like that's kind of true on some level. Like, I don't regret doing drugs. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I really do. Like, I remember the first time I smoked weed, I was like, I can't remember what I'm forgetting, you know? Because, like, the OCD, I would always try to remember everything. Mm. So, like, I I just literally couldn't be OCD, like, the first time I got stoned. And so, like, drugs were, like, a great solution for a while. And then, of course, uh, they become a problem, you know? And then you can't sustain that. And then they they become worse than the initial problem you're trying to solve, maybe. Um, But eventually, I had to learn how to live life without drugs just because, for me, it's just too problematic to try to use drugs because I tried to successfully find some sort of concoction that would work, you know. What was that um, like? What was that concoction? Well, like I would always like like I would like substitute like you know like I would be like uh, you know like like speed was like my favorite thing like five ants and Adderall and mm. shit like that. I mm. love doing that, and so that was like my thing for a long time. And then um, and then I discovered Xanax, and uh, then I would do. Then I was like, okay, then I did both, you know, Mm -hmm. basically. And then, like, I was, like, such a garbage head where I would just, like, use anything, you know. And then uh, when I found heroin, I was like, oh, this is, like, the solution to being a garbage head. Like, rather than going up and down and sideways and all these different ways, like, let me just just do heroin. And I literally thought, like, oh, this is, like, the perfect drug, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And then that's its own nightmare. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so then I would try to just drink or, like, I would just always have these, like, like ideas, like, okay, I'm going to stop doing psychedelics and I'm just going to do like a prescribed amount of Adderall every day and maybe Xanax at night. And then like, like whatever it is, I could just, I just thought like maybe I could find some perfect, 
you know, numbing concoction. Agents. You know, like yeah. You're trying, to find, you're trying to find the perfect numbing agent. Yeah, like speed so I could be motivated and want to do things, but then weed to be creative. Mm-hmm. So I was always trying to, like, like I always look to drugs for some sort of solution or yeah. some sort of aid, you know. Um, and what was that timeline of using drugs? Four or five years? How long was about that? four years. Yeah. And yeah. That was from like what, nineteen to twenty-three? Is that right? About eighteen to almost twenty-two. Okay. Yeah. Um, and how quick did it go from you know the speed and, and Xanax to the heroin? Heroin. Um, the I would say the first time I did heroin was it was heroin was basically the last year. Okay. Um, the first time I did it was like a couple months prior, but then I didn't have a steady connect. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, I mean, it was pretty much problems from the rip. You know, mm-hmm. I lived with my parents, they were strict. So then like I was always running into issues with them. And then in some ways that kind of pushed me to, uh, to go harder, you know, just because I think some people have like parents that aren't strict. So you can kind of just get away with smoking weed mm-hmm. and hanging out. But my parents were like so strict. So it just like, it only pushed me to go further, like, oh, well, now pills don't smell, you know, or whatever mm-hmm. the case is, you know. Yeah. Um, and I just had an addictive personality, yeah. you know. Now, you know, after that age of 23, you know, did you go to a rehab? What, what was, like, the, get, the getting out process like for you? Yeah, I, I went to rehab three times. Okay. Uh, the third time, I came down here to South Florida. Mm-hmm. My buddy was down here. And um, I kind of made this decision to myself that I was going to, like, basically – Really give it a shot, like what they say in rehab and stuff like that, and really do the deal, if you will. And uh, if that doesn't work, I'm just going to kill myself. And um, I really, really gave it a shot, and I really surrendered to the whole process and, like, tried to be honest and, and really take all the suggestions and, and stop trying to – because, you know, I think I'm smart, so I think I always thought I could figure it out on my own, you know. Mm-hmm. So I had to really, like, swallow my pride and just be like, all right, like – and give away, like, certain conceptions. Like, I thought I was going to be a rock star. Mm-hmm. And, like, when I got sober this time, I was just like, I don't care. Like, if it's – if I just have to work some job, if I just have to be some guy who works out, like, plays volleyball, like, whatever it is, I'm giving out – I'm giving away all the conceptions of what I thought life needed to be for me to be happy, mm-hmm. and I'll just try their way, you know. And then I stuck with it, and, you know, things got better, you know, slowly but surely over the years. But initially, things got really better um, inside, you know, like, emotionally. I had, like, a – spiritual experience you know being sober for only a few months and that really made it so that i could you know continue to go on the path you know there's so many different snippets to what what i love in a weird way what i really like is you know it sounds really sad but you made that decision of i'm either killing myself or i'm doing this right so it was all in yeah you know and yeah and i had a similar personality uh, to you and the fact that, like I said before, I'm an all-in or not-in guy. Right, right. Um, and when you surrender in a good way to things, uh, we are incredibly powerful. Right. Um, and and because and you're all in, and it's not just like a term, like all-in for you in a bad way is ripping heroin. Yeah. If you flip that on a good side, all of you in a good way is like millionaire comic, you mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm. And uh, so kudos to you for that. And Thanks, and And... Um, it shows guys that, you know, it doesn't have to be to that extreme nearly, but if you buy fully into what the fuck you're saying, life it like it is life and death, like you do need your disciplines and, and your habits, like you need to breathe, then you're gonna be successful. Um, and, and it's pretty much that simple. Now when you got out of rehab, um, what was the next few years like in becoming this kind of sense of a comic? Yeah, good uh, good question. So basically, like I said, I didn't have the same set of, like, I didn't have the same idea of who I was. 
So I was really like, I was really just kind of like in the moment, you know, like for me, I think I had like kind of skipped past, you know, like I didn't go to college, like I didn't go away to college. I went to community college, you know, I was always doing drugs. So like just being here in South Florida, I was like free of like my addictions. So I was just kind of enjoying myself. Like I was working a job. I was just being like a normal like relatively like adult person, you know, like I started learning how to like go to the gym and like work out and like, you know, buy groceries and just like hang out with people, you know, just have friends and like just be a normal person. But there was always like this itch being an artist, you know, like I had been a musician for years and that was my passion. There was always this itch of like, oh, you should do something else. But like it wasn't clicking. Like I would like I would look on Craigslist, like I looked on Craigslist and I was like, oh, like musicians wanted or whatever. And I like hung out with this girl and Whatever she wanted to bang me, but uh, <laughs> as you know, as is the case with with Craigslist, you know, like great <laughs> things. Fun. <laughs> no, it literally said recovery musicians wanted, and I like messaged her, <laughs> and I had to like borrow my roommate's car at the time and like and go up and see her. I wonder where she is, and uh, <laughs> you know, she was all the way to West Palm, yeah, and. Uh, but anyhow, like I just kind of like was just going with the going through the flow, you know. I uh, I got into gambling around yeah. that point, and then I realized that I had a gambling problem, and I stopped. And uh, it wasn't like the other addictions where it didn't get that bad. But I realized I was like I'm mimicking the same behavior, mm-hmm. spending all my money trying to go to the casino to win. I think I'm a good poker player. I'm yeah. not, you know. <laughs> and um, like I'm, I'm too much a gambler, you know. Like people are yeah. actually doing math, and like yeah, they're. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I like the rush. I'm a degenerate, you know? And um, so I was just kind of like meandering, not meandering, but I was like, I think at the time, it, like there were certain moments where I'd be like, man, what am I really doing? I'm just sober, but what am I really doing? But now that I've been sober, you know, longer, and I've now that I am a comic, I can look back in those times and realize that like all the time that I thought was wasted wasn't. It was all building towards something. Like I was getting consistent with the gym. It's like once, because for me, like once I start something, I don't stop. Like, mm-hmm. As soon as I got into the gym, I never stopped working out. Like, I've never been like, oh, I took six months off. Like, it's never – so I, I started working out. Like, I started learning all these habits so that when it got to the point where I finally, like, you know, like I'd be – um you know, I'd be hanging out with people in recovery and I'd be telling them stories and like, you should try stand up. You should try stand up. That was another thing that happened. So then eventually when it got to the point where I tried stand up, I was already stable in all these other areas. So I didn't have, I wasn't trying to get my shit together. You know what I mean? So now I can look back and be like, I'm grateful for that time where it was like, you know, it was like a slow build. I didn't start doing stand up till I had like four and a half years uh, sober, you know? And I probably started playing paintball when I had, like, three. But all those things just slowly built, you know? I think it can be discouraging for people um, when they don't realize that that's how long it takes when you're not cheating, you know, and you're not doing shortcuts. Like, sometimes it takes as long as it takes. Some people, you can look around and you're, man, they're so, they're, they're sexy already. Like, getting sober, like, people would be like, have a six-pack. And I'm like, I put on 60 pounds. I was, like, fucking yeah. 190. And I'm just like, what what's going on, you know? Like, or they're getting, you know, they're having sex and I'm not, you know? Like, but all those things, like, you can turn, like, not getting laid, that gave me a great sense of humor. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. that, you know, when you embrace that, like, loserdom and stuff and turn it into, like, an asset. So, I don't know, it took a while, but it was, like, now I can look back and be grateful for the, for the process. You know, it's interesting. I think there's this conception that, you know, people get lucky or whatever, you know. And, and in my opinion, really, I mean, it's your definition of luck, but there's a lot of work that goes into something. Kim K fucking Ray J, you know, and then becoming Kim K, you know. I mean, that's a, kind of a big cost to pay to, to become that. And if you're willing to pay that at the time, obviously it paid off. But what I'm saying is a lot of these people who you think get big overnight or just popped or came out of nowhere, you right. know. They put in a lot of fucking work for that one pop. 
Right. You know, they put in a lot of fucking effort for that one viral video or that mm-hmm. one thing to happen um, that you don't see. All you see is the pop and you're like, they got lucky. Right. You know, and it's such bullshit because then when you start your journey and it's really hard and it takes you six months and you've been a comic and you're like, dude, I'm not Kevin Hart yet. Bro, right. Kevin Hart was in Philadelphia doing stand up at local bars for like 10 years. Bro. Right. And that's also another thing. A lot of the people that are winning just didn't fucking quit. Yeah. yeah. You know, there probably are a few Kevin Hart's in the world who are 45 years old and still working in Philadelphia bars. A kicker to that is they're probably way happier than you fucking are, and they might be broke, but at least they're fucking living their truth, you know? Right, right. And uh, a lot of people are dying inside because they're not even living their truth. They're trying to live for, you know, money or, you know, these fantasies of what life should be. So, yeah. Um, so realize a lot of fucking work goes into stuff, and, and don't fucking quit because you think your timeline is different from others. Um, so with comedy and starting that, I, some comedy questions, I guess, that would come to my mind in being a comic is, like, what was that first experience, like, when you walked on stage and you were like, oh, shit, you know, I got to tell a joke. Oh, man. I mean, so the first time I was so nervous beforehand, like that day, I felt like I was like on Adderall, like I couldn't eat. Uh, Like I went to Chipotle at lunch. I was working a job and, um, you know, I just couldn't eat. And like the whole day I was so nervous. I had to pee like 17 times (laughs) before I got on stage. But once I was on stage, uh, you know, I brought a bunch of friends the first time and I did I did well. Like now, obviously, looking back, I'd probably be like, eh. But at the time, it it literally felt like I crushed. Yeah. Like it felt like I destroyed. I didn't know what the light was. Like I didn't know when you were supposed to wrap up. You're, spo- you're only supposed to do five minutes. I think I did like 12 minutes the first uh, time. Yeah. Like I told a story. Like my boys were just, you know, hooting and whoring, you know, and I was like, I just felt it literally was like such a rush. Yeah. Like it was like it was like doing heroin. Like it was like and I immediately knew I was like, this is what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. And this I'm good at this and this is I'm this is here like yeah. it clicked you know what I mean like this is the path for sure you know and even before I got into stand up I wasn't like oh I'm just going to try stand up I kind of already knew at that point I had premeditated I was like once I do it I'm going to become a comedian because like I just knew already that it was like something people have been saying for years I was like once I do it I'm going to mm-hmm. you know hit the ground running you know all in you know what's so cool I love hearing that, and, and ultimately my entire life, whenever I would say, like, yeah, I found that. Before the podcast, I had really never found that, where mm-hmm. it was kind of a merge of, ev- like, all these emotions of excitement, fear, hunger, uh, you know, a world that you didn't know. I mean, right. before Pete and I jumped on camera, I had never, like, been in front of a camera at all. I posted right. on social media, like, once every two months. Like, I wasn't that guy. And uh, we did our first episode, I remember, <laughs> me being my dumb ass. I'm like, dude, well, we're going to be Joe Rogan in six months. You know? <laughs> yep. And uh, But I remember that emotion that you were just describing of like, this is this is heroin. You yeah, know? Like, yeah. This is really cool. And and I think it means about just as much to you, um, of what I'm saying, you yeah. know, of, of how much it is. And, and, and then it, there's a thought that creeps in your head of like, well, it's like the margin to get to the top is so small. Mm. But then I'm like, yep. is Joe Rogan fucking Superman? No, he's not. Right. You know, so why the fuck can't I become Joe Rogan? And someone would say, well, you're not going to be the next Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan was 27 at one point in his fucking life, you know? True. And before Fear Fact and all this other shit, he was just being Joe Rogan. Right, know? right. So um, why can't you be the next Kevin Hart or Dave Chappelle or, you know, any of these guys, right. you know? Um, because you're going to tell yourself you can't be and you're going you're gonna to defeat yourself before the world does. So stick I, with it, man. That's yeah. I think it's an interesting thing, like what you're talking about, because like for me, it's like, I think at some point, 
I guess what I'm saying is to, to pursue like things like a podcast or to mm-hmm. be a comedian, you have to be a little bit delusional. Like you have to like have this idea because I think you have probably experienced the same thing where you have this feeling where you're like, oh, I am a rock star. Mm-hmm. Oh, I am special. Like you feel it and you're like, oh, I'm th- this is I'm different. You know, like I'm a cut above. This is mm-hmm. you feel that feeling and it's like it's all chemical. Like your brain gives you these endorphins and you're like, oh, I'm the shit. Like I'm the man. And then you're like, you'll come back to earth. Like maybe you have a bad, you know, set or whatever. And then also you'll look at, on social media and you'll see all these other people trying to do it. And you're like, oh, well, maybe they feel the same exact way. Like, we all can't be right, right? So, like, there's all these, like, mind games on the way. But I think as long as you just, like, love what you're doing and also something that I've realized recently is, like, there's also so many people that are not doing it. Right. And there's also so many people that need to be entertained, that need to have something to watch, that need to, to go out on Saturday night with their girlfriend that they can't stand anymore and forget about it at a comedy show. Like, there's unlimited amounts of people that are ready to consume yeah. whatever you bring to them of value. You know what I mean? So, Like everyone in today's day and age. Yeah. You know, right. On your phone, you know? And yeah. Like, they're consuming <laughs> yeah. someone's fucking yeah. content, right. you know? Um, it's so true, man. All right. So, What's your schedule like now as far as comedy? Like, are you doing open mics how many nights a week? Yeah, I um I try to do like I I'm usually booked for some shows at least I would say on average two two to three days of the week are shows mm-hmm. and then open mics. Usually I'll take off maybe like one night like Sunday because there's not really an open mic that night around here, mm-hmm. um or or Monday sometimes. But usually I, I get up five times a week and then some of those are double headers. You know. That's right. Yeah. So earlier I mentioned I'm going to uh, bring it back to uh, Christmas break of senior year of high school. What happened then, Danny? Walk me through that. <laughs> Walk me through that. Okay. Um, Christmas break, senior year. I, I want w- intricate details. Intricate details. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Um, all right. So like like I said, Ray's very Christian, mm-hmm. you know, starting to have a, starting to have like a crisis of faith, trying to, you know, kind of like existentially, I was like, Christianity, like, it just doesn't make sense to me, like, certain things, like, I would think about where I'm just like, you know, like, this is a book written, like, in history, like, 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 all these different thoughts, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, did anyone fact check it type thing? Like, you know, was it? Yeah, like, like that type shit, but also like, just like, I don't I guess I can't really remember all the ways that I was doubting back then or what my thought process was, but I was just starting to see through the curtain, mm-hmm. you know, and I was starting to, to question it and tear down the fibers. And like, you know, I have a doubting mind, so I was just finding every single way. And then I'd find an answer to myself, but then I would find a doubt for that. And truthfully, at that point, I was just like, I want to doubt this. Like, I want, mm-hmm. deep down, I want to break free of religion and be a heathen. Like, I want to do drugs. I want to touch myself. You know, like, <laughs> I want to, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I think I think I masturbated for the first yeah I did okay I masturbated for the first time before I smoked weed for the first time but it was the same Christmas break so I uh, so I it was an eventful Christmas break <laughs> it was dude it was crazy I'm yeah like, what uh, <laughs> you really are a go getter <laughs> grandma I need you to go get me a bag of mango and a, a thing of lotion because tonight's gonna be crazy because I remember the first time I smoked weed um, the same Christmas break I was discovering both things at the same time and I was like. I felt so much, like, I felt shame, like, oh, man, like, I, I, I got to go back to Christianity. Mm-hmm. Like, I felt like I was in that movie, It's a Wonderful Life. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking to myself, well, since I'm going to have to get back on the right track tomorrow, I might as well jerk off one last time while I'm on weed, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> not realizing how much well, of a staple. Well, <laughs> for every time I said that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I guess um, 
I basically was just like, I got to try this. Like, I got to see what. Yeah. So you want to know about the first masturbation? Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, what, what was that experience? I mean, what got it triggered? What, what um, was it? I basically like, just like the weed, I was like, I need, I just want to try this. Like, I need mm-hmm. to figure out what it is. And um, I just kind of made that decision. I was like, I'm going to do it. And I'd never done it before. I didn't know. Yeah. So yeah. I remember I had like an old school phone mm-hmm. and I looked up NFL cheerleaders. <laughs> nice. And uh, like and you was a senior, <laughs> yeah. Dude. I don't know why. I just like thought of like the things through the years. I guess that like yeah. I had shut, you know, I'd shoved down. Because yeah. you know, it's not like I'm just an 18 yeah, yeah. year old. It's like it's like I stunted my sexuality yeah, at like yeah, 10 yeah. or 11. So now yeah. I should be further on, yeah. but I'm not. You know, yeah. so and it was like you you know you had to load like not like smartphones. Yeah. Remember like when you tried to use Google on like an old school flip phone, and um. Yeah, I just found one. I didn't even know what I was doing. I think I, like, rubbed it on, like, a Tootsie Roll pillow. <laughs> I had, like, a Tootsie Roll pillow like this, and I just, like... Never have I ever. <laughs> I, ru- I rubbed it. I, like, I didn't even... I was I was literally scared to, like, grip it. I was like, that's that feels too weird, you know? Yeah. So I kind of just, like, figured it out, you know, yeah, yeah. and... Uh, and then I and I came, mm. and then I felt so much shame. Like I felt so oh, bad. Really? Yeah, I felt. Oh, it's called post <laughs> yeah. yeah, I felt so <laughs> much shame. So it wasn't like every, you weren't like addicted to busting nuts after that. Oh, I mean, I was. <laughs> oh, okay. But like, because literally, I think the next day was Christmas Eve, and I went downstairs on the computer and I looked up NFL cheerleaders again. <laughs> <laughs> Christ. And I still remember there was this no, lady. I'm not going to have a game with this guy. He's going to take 10 bath breaks. Dude. If, See, Dan shows the binoculars on. And sweatpants. If there's any NFL cheerleaders out there, you know, that would. Danny Fallon. I love you guys. It was like, I remember there was this lady in a, in a chair, like an NFL cheerleader. It was like a Maxim yeah. shoot. And uh, she was in like a see-through chair and she had like high heels. And uh, I remember being on the computer and I literally like felt like out of my body. Like yeah. I felt like I was spinning. You ever have that? Like you ever get in a, like an erection so strong, like you literally start like floating above your body. Like it felt like, have you ever been on Adderall and you try to focus really hard and you leave your body? It's the exact same feeling. And I was like, yo, this is crazy. So the next day I was back at it. You know what I mean? And um, so yeah, then I, I pretty much... I just, you know, once I, and then I smoked weed and then I jerked off that time. And then, (laughs) and then it was just like, then it became a thing, you know, then I, and that was, I was able to like, just slowly kind of step out of Christianity (laughs) and step into marijuana and masturbation, you know? Listen, it really makes sense, honestly, like, If I could feel the euphoria of beating off and smoking for the first time. Right? Fuck heroin, dude. Yeah. That shit all day. Well, you chase that high, you know? Yeah, yeah. You chase that high of, like, what, you know, because then you take Vyvanse. You ever take Vyvanse or Adderall, you know? And then I would get super horny on that shit. I remember being in high school, and, like, I I would go to the bathroom and just, like, fucking be on speed, like, mm-hmm. trying to get my dick hard and just masturbate. <laughs> you can beat off for, like, 45 minutes yeah. on that shit. Yeah. And 44 of it is just yeah. trying to get hard. Yeah. <laughs> Full sweat. No, I've been there, dude. Yeah. You know? It's like you're blowing the sweat off your top. <laughs> you know? It's funny you say you're looking up NFL cheerleader. I, I was thinking, I, had, I think I had a full-on browser to count my senior in five Wow. Yeah, I was paying for that premium. We were passing around the username and password <laughs> between like 10 dudes. Wow. Yeah, we were flipping that shit. Um, I really, we were Discord before that was a thing. Yeah. I never really got into porn um, really until 
until I got sober. Yeah. Like, I watched it on crystal meth, but that was more like a group activity, mm-hmm. you know? Because yeah. uh, when you... <laughs> When you when you smoke meth, like people just want to put on porn, yeah. you know. Like, That's a thing. Yeah, it's a thing. It's just like like it was crazy. Like in retrospect, I thought about it because like, I was doing meth in Garden Grove, California, and I was literally doing garden. I was doing meth with this kid named Little Tony, and Little Tony's little man, and they were like fourteen and twelve, what? and they would just get and high you, on meth. You were an adult. Yeah, I was nineteen. So you were with two underage kids? Yeah, I thought about that recently. Like, oh, boy, yeah. that was fucked up. Yeah. And I mean, watching not, porn? I, not like I was like, you know, I wasn't into them or anything. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> they would put on porn. And I'd be like, because I'm high on meth. I'm like, okay, I kind of get it. This does, like, enhance your high. But then I would go in the other room and play guitar. Yeah. <laughs> you were smoking like, meth with a 12-year-old? Yes, dude. <laughs> what? Yes. <laughs> it was so wild. It's like sixth grade. Dude. I know. That's how. That's why I ended up smoking meth. Like I met them on the street, yeah. and they came up to me and they're like, "Hey, do you have a cigarette?" And I was like, "No." Uh, and then they walked past. But I was like, I was doing like the "Hey, Mister" thing at the Seven yeah. Eleven for booze. Yeah. And I was like, eh, th- "These kids are young. They're asking for a cigarette." I'm like, "Hey, come back here. Can you get? You guys want? Can you guys get drugs?" And they're like, "What are you a cop?" I was like, "Do I look like a cop?" <laughs> and they're like, "No." And then. Um, so, you know, they, I'm like, you know, I want Molly or acid. And they call around and like, ah, we can't get anything. But we're trying to get high, too. And I'm like, well, what are you trying to get high on? And they're like, meth. And I literally look at them and I'm like, are you a cop? <laughs> I'm like, well, they look healthy enough, so yeah. let's do it, yeah. you know? And that was literally my rationale. Yeah. Like, I'd heard about meth. I'd read about meth. They looked healthy enough. I was like, let's try it, you know? And then next thing you know, once you do meth, you're, yeah, yeah. you're on a meth bender. No, especially you know? the 12-year-old, you know? Yeah. You know how it is when you're smoking meth yeah. with 12-year-olds, you know? <laughs> it's crazy to think, like, what you were probably doing at 12 years old. And yes. This kid was yes, exactly. Old. Well, that was the thing. Meth makes you so euphoric. Mm-hmm. And I'm such a – I'm just, like, not – like, for being around, like, a lot of people on drugs, I was very different, you know? Because, mm-hmm. like, I, I waited till I was 18. I had, like, yeah. you know, read books and shit. So I was, like, kind of, like – verbose for being a person on meth you know so like only a verbose person would say a <laughs> word like that right so i don't like, know what that means but i can assume so like we're uh, we're smoking meth. Clues and shit. i'm not even gonna use that right now we're talking about smoking meth <laughs> <laughs> what does that sound like boned up <laughs> you read the whole dictionary or something on that one no we were we were on meth and like they were like hey do you mind if i like uh bring my girl over here and have sex and i was like listen I had such a repressive childhood. You know, I grew up in a very repressed household. I want you to have the childhood I never had. So, you know, my mom, she told me that having erections was a sin. (laughs) So I want you to express your sexuality. Enjoy yourself. You know, enjoy the love of your youth. You know, like I'm high on meth, like saying this to a 12-year-old. Fucking from me. Fucking from me. Meanwhile, meanwhile, (laughs) meanwhile, this was all a front for them to just rob all my shit because I left to to let them, you know, to let him bang his girl and I left I'm like you guys you know I thought they were my friends because I was high on meth and then they came back and all my shit was stolen you know fuck badass 12 year old I meant my life (laughs) and someone busted a nut right on your bed and all your shit's gone yeah (laughs) that's that's the biggest fuck you in the world that sucks oh yeah well, After you had that heart to heart too. Uh, oh, so much heart to heart. Last thing I'm being bricked up. You, I seen one of your uh, Instagram reels. And you were talking about a little bit of ED. Yeah. Okay. That's a is that a thing or is that like a, a bit or no? Or it's yeah. a. It's definitely a thing. It's you yeah. know it's hard to deal with. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, <laughs> no, um, it's well, it's actually yeah. Um, that's poor choice of words. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, ED is a real thing. I think I I started struggling with that once I got sober. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. It's just like um, 
I just started like, oh man, I couldn't get hard, like yeah. having sex sober, like or like it's not I remember. The same without meth. Yeah, you know, I, obviously I had it on drugs, but you're just like, oh, drugs, you know. Yeah. Um, but then like it's just been like this thing. I don't know if it's mental or or what it is exactly. You know, one that's how I got involved with the nofap thing was my buddy told me that you know if you're having trouble staying hard for sex, it's because you're addicted to porn, mm-hmm. and then that's why you you're not as excited by real life, and then you have porn induced erectile dysfunction, mm-hmm. pied, which is you know not the type of sexual pie I'm. Looking for it. <laughs> Can't disagree with that one. Um, you know, Danny, no, there's probably some validity to that. Yeah, yeah, queen pie. Well, yeah, no, like I didn't mean that part. I meant the point that he was making. Yeah, I don't the know. Use of the pies. <laughs> um, well, dude, that's a little. Well, we're gonna bleep that out. <laughs> um, I don't know if that came out the way you yeah, meant for no, it to. Um, People yeah. see you if they want to go watch you perform. Um, well, let's see. Friday night, I will be at the Doghouse Theater in Delray Beach, Florida. Cool. Okay. And then Saturday night, I will be at the Villain Theater in Miami, Florida at 10 p.m. Okay. And um, other than that, check me out on Instagram, Danny Fallon, haha. And I'll post my other shows on there, usually, or Facebook if you're old school, Danny Fallon, yes. you know. Um, yeah, and we'll then put everything yeah, in the description. Yeah, so like pr- pretty much I put all my, f- my shows on there. But as far as this week, also I'm telling a true story tomorrow in Miami. There's like this true story show where mm-hmm. you just tell, you have to tell 100%. Authentic true story. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing that tomorrow in Miami. Dope. So that's this week. Really yeah, yeah, that's you, a, guys, like yeah, that you guys. Yeah, you guys should. You definitely do it. You don't have to be like a comic or anything. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's cool. You know, public speaking mm-hmm. and yeah. How many people are you going to be in front of for something like that? For tomorrow, I guess it just depends what they get, like in promotion. You yeah. know. Yeah. yeah. I, I love it, Danny. What's the most yeah. you've ever been in front of? Um, I would say maybe like 200. Nice. Yeah. Damn, dude. Yeah. That's badass, man. Yeah. I don't know if I could do it. See that? Feel How like many people are going to be at your wedding? Uh, I just read the shit that I have to read for your wedding. It's yeah. like a lot. No, it's not. Do I have to memorize all that? It's a lot of stuff. No, memorize it. You read off a fucking iPad. Okay. But you have I'm to not that good at reading either. That's so much more pressure. Yeah, you should yeah. probably memorize not it. Stutter. <laughs> no pressure. How many people are going to be there? Just don't fuck up my wedding. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, about buck fifty. God sick. Yeah. Um, I better start practicing. Uh, no, no, no pressure. Uh... All right, Danny, thank you so much uh, course, for coming bro. on. And um, I really want to go see you. Yeah, we got to go see you. Yeah, uh, come through. Um, I'm going to get really stoned and just go watch and laugh yeah. and, and, uh, and, and, and promote you. And, yeah. And, and I love to see that. Thanks, man. Uh, follow your passion, guys. Follow your fucking dreams. Um, because if anything, I can tell you, you're going to be fulfilled and talk about that feeling of that high. Mm. Uh, yeah, reach for that shit um, because it's fire. Thank you guys for watching, listening, viewing, and subscribing. Continue to tell your friends and family about that, guys. It means the world to us. Check us out on the MSCS project, uh, uh, MSCS Media Podcast this week. And check out Danny and all of his stuff. Um, thank you guys for watching. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. Peace. Switching lanes, this shit call a nigga Swervo.